My good friend, Josh Michael, was wounded years ago serving as a soldier in Afghanistan. I've actually interviewed him on the podcast. You can go back and hear his story. But he had a unique privilege and opportunity to meet George W. Bush and go to his ranch for the weekend. And He had the rare and distinct honor of meeting a former president of the United States of America. And I remember years ago, I called him, he had been wounded, I was worried about him, and I'd heard that he was going to get to meet the president, and I called to congratulate him. And he began to tell me, you know, Nathan, it was interesting because before we met the president, a man walked into the room, we were all sitting, and he reminded us to all stand when the president walked into the room, and of course to treat him with the utmost respect I'll never forget hearing that wounded army hero saying, we were just all okay with that because some things are just worth standing for. When a president walks in a room, you stand out of respect for his position and out of respect for your country because it would be a shame for the president to walk in a room and be caught sitting down because some things are worth standing for. What if I were to tell you today that the President of the, the United States was coming to visit your church? How would you respond? Would you frantically clean? Would you change the order of service? Would you take time to honor him in your preliminaries? If your church knew that royalty was coming, I can guarantee you, you would make preparations. Well, what if I were to tell you that Jesus is coming? What if I told you that the king is coming? Look around you. What would you do? How would you respond? Would you change the order of service? Would you frantically clean up your act in your life? Would you call your mom or your dad? Who would you call? Who would you talk to? What conversations would you have? What would you change about yourself? Who would you forgive? Where would you go? What would you do? Well, I believe the King is coming, and I want to talk about it today on the podcast. I feel it in my spirit. Guys, thank you so much for tuning into the podcast. I'm your host, Nathan French. It's going to be a noteworthy conversation. Let's go. Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. So excited to be spending some time with you today. At the launch of the show, I wanted to give a shout out to uh, somebody who left a review. And it's something I've been doing on the last few episodes, and I've just had a good time doing it, is if you leave a rating and review on the Noteworthy Podcast, I'm giving you a shout out on the launch of the show. So this is um, Ace Face. (laughs) He said, great podcast. Um, five stars. I really look forward to Sundays for two reasons. He said, number one, I get to spend my day in the house of the Lord. Number two, I get to listen to one of my favorite and most uplifting podcasts when I wake up. 
Thank you, Brother Nathan, for following the call of God and making content that relates to so many people. Well, thank you so much for those kind words, and I just wanted to give you a shout out. Thank you for listening to the show, and you guys mean the world. Uh, the reviews mean the world. I read every single one of them, and uh, because it means so much, I just wanted to give you a shout out on the show. If you leave a review, I will give you a shout out next week on the Noteworthy Podcast, uh, and I've got some old reviews that I want to go back and give them a shout out as well. All right, so... Let's get to it. Today, we're talking about the fact that Jesus is coming. And I have uh, some scripture that I've really felt some revelation in over the last few weeks that I wanted to share with you guys. Uh, At the start of the show, we talked about how my friend Josh Michael uh, would stand when he met the president. When the president walks in a room, uh, you stand, right? And so the practice of standing didn't start with American presidents. Kings of old, when walking into a room, would look around to see everyone standing upon their arrival. Often a jester would run into the room and say, the king is coming. Because when a king walks into the room, you stand. And as I read of these accounts, conviction begins to fall over me because these are ways that we're supposed to act in the pres- in the presence of the president and kings, and rightfully so. We should treat them with the utmost respect. Before they even walk into the room, the crowds roar and the announcement rings forth saying, Ladies and gentlemen, all rise for the president of the United States. But how many times have I walked into the presence of Jesus Christ and walked away without realizing that I was in the presence of a king. As much as I respect the leaders of this great country and the burden they carry, none of them ever carried a cross up Calvary's hill for me. None of them died for me. No one else could have ever washed my sins away like Jesus did. And I've been in far too many services where the king of kings wasn't treated with respect when he walked into the room. And so I want to give us an opportunity to think about that today. Ladies and gentlemen, I introduce to you today the God of the universe, the one who created everything, the maker of heaven and earth, the Alpha and the Omega, the Lion and the Lamb, Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And what I'm trying to tell you today is what an honor, what a privilege that we get to walk into the presence of the King every time we call his name, that name, Jesus Christ. He is King. He is Lord. And how would you act today if you knew that the King was coming today? How would you worship? How would you respond to the preaching if you knew the King was coming today? Dear friend, hear me today when I say, you need to get ready because the King is coming. Jesus is coming back for his church. First Thessalonians 4.16 says, For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with him in the clouds 
to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. There's a chapter in 1 Samuel that's been blowing my mind lately, chapter 16, and it talks about a moment in history where David was anointed by Samuel to be king. In this chapter, we find the Lord instructing Samuel uh, to find Jesse. The Lord has told Samuel that one of Jesse's sons would be anointed to be king, who we know now to be David. The Bible says that Jesse made seven of his sons pass by Samuel and showed their resume to be considered for the kingship. But to their disappointment, Indeed.com never got back to them because Samuel said, The Lord has not chosen these. The backdrop had now been painted to brushstroke the masterpiece God was creating in verse 11. 1 Samuel 16, 11. And Samuel said to Jesse, Are all the young men here? Then he said, There remains yet the youngest, and there he is, keeping the sheep. And Samuel said to Jesse, Send and bring him, for we will not sit down till he comes here. We will not sit down till he comes here. Hey, Jesse, are these all your kids? Because God told me the king is here, and I don't see a king. Well, there's one left out in the field. I can go get him. Well, I've read this chapter many times throughout my life, but I've never noticed until recently, uh, maybe it's just me, I've always missed it, that Samuel tells Jesse to go get David. And by the way, nobody gets to sit down until he gets here. Why would he have them stand for an unknown amount of time? This wouldn't be comfortable. I'm sure they wanted to relax and have a seat. Jesse, go get David. We'll be standing here until you get back. Hey, Eliab, stand up. Abinadab, stand up. Nobody sits down till he gets here. Why? Because Samuel knew that the king was about to walk into the room. But Samuel, we don't even know when Dad and Davy are coming back. It may take all day. He's out in the field. No, just keep standing until he gets here. Because it would be a shame for the king to walk into a room where everyone was sitting down. In other words, Samuel was saying, All rise. Stand up. The king is coming. We don't know the exact hour he's coming, but he's on his way. And as long as I know he's on his way, I'll be standing. Ladies and gentlemen, it's not time to sit down on holiness. The king is coming. It's not time to sit down with our arms crossed during worship. The king is coming. It's not time to sit down on doctrine. The king is coming. And the king will only be revealed to those who take a stand. It's time to stand for holiness. It's time to stand for righteousness. I know sometimes I look foolish standing here, but you don't understand. I stand here because there's something I know. The king is coming. 
and I may not know exactly when, but he's on the way. And because I know he's on the way, I'll be here standing. Abinadab, Eliab, stand up. If you're thinking about backsliding, you picked a horrible time. The king is coming. If you're willingly living in sin, you need to repent. The king is coming. If you have bitterness, you need to ask for forgiveness. The king is coming. If you're not submitted to your pastor's authority, you need to repent. The king is coming. And there's no time for lack of submission in your life. Hmm. I quickly want to answer the question that some are asking in our culture and even in our churches. And that question is as follows. You tell me there's a God and that he's coming, but where can I find him? Well, when Samuel started his journey, which, by the way, just you have to go read 1 Samuel chapter 16 and just don't just glance at it. Read through it because there is some crazy amount of preach all up in this chapter. Okay, but Samuel starts his journey to find the king, and he had two goals. One, he had to find where the king was, and two, he had to find out who he was. The first clue that the Lord gave him was answering the where. First Samuel 16 and 4, so Samuel did what the Lord said, and he went to Bethlehem. <laughs> okay, are you guys hearing me right now? I want you to just, I know it's a parallel. I know it's a type in scripture, but I need you to hear me. Samuel, go find a king. Where's the king? Well, he's in Bethlehem. My goodness. Secondly, the Lord answered the who. Then invite Jesse to the sacrifice, and I will show you what you shall do, and you shall anoint for me the one I name to you. Samuel didn't know who the king was until he prepared an altar. Where is the king? He's in Bethlehem. Who is the king? Well, I'll reveal his identity at the altar. We know where the king is when we look to the manger, but, but his identity is fully revealed to us when we look to the cross. Whether you look to his birth or his death, the king is revealed. Many people find out where God is by coming to church, but won't know who he truly is until they go to the altar of that church. Guys, I know this is some, it, it, it can feel heavy when you talk about the coming of the Lord, but when you think about the fact that you've lived your life for Jesus Christ and when you look at the world around you, and if you know your family is ready, there's something inside of you that says, come, Lord, quickly. And if your loved ones aren't ready, we need to be doing everything that we can. We need to have every uncomfortable conversation we can possibly have while we are still here. Lord, help us. My son Judah is growing so fast. And Judah and Ezra light up our, 
our world every day seems to come with a new adventure. <laughs> and Judah likes to go outside and draw pictures with sidewalk chalk. And I noticed he learned how to draw a cross by two years old. Judah would look down, draw the cross, and he would look up at me and say, Look, Daddy, it's a everybody. What, son? I, it's a what? It's a everybody. Look, Daddy. No, son, that's, that's a cross. And I couldn't understand what he was saying, but he just kept saying it. Later, my wife Rachel took him outside and he drew a cross with chalk. Look, Mommy, it's a everybody. No, son, that's, that's a cross. Finally, Rachel started deciphering what he was trying to say, and it changed my world forever. We discovered that Judah was saying, Look, Daddy, it's an everybody. When he would see a cross, his little two-year-old mind would say, It's for everybody. A tear ran down my eye. Yes, son, you're right. It's in everybody. I never taught him to say that. The heart of a child knew that the cross was for everybody. The king is coming. Does your family know about the cross? The king is coming. It's for everybody who will come. Are you standing for truth? Or are you sitting on it? Ephesians 6.13 Wherefore... Take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand. You know, there's only one instrument in the world that can make two different sounds at the same time. That instrument is the trumpet. One instrument, two sounds. To one group of people, it will be the most beautiful sound you've ever heard in your life. To those who prepared for the coming king, they will rejoice. To the other group, it will sound like the most terrifying, horrible sound they've ever heard. Because they'll know that they didn't live for the king. One trumpet, two sounds. Matthew 24 and 40. Then shall two be in the field. One shall be taken, the other left. Two women grinding at the mill, one taken, the other left. Watch therefore, for ye know not that what hour the Lord doth come. The king is coming. I, I don't know exactly when he's coming, but, but he's on the way. And if I know he's he's coming enough reason for me to keep standing. Nathan, why are you so why are you so worried about holiness? Why do you care about how people dress? Nobody cares about that anymore. Well, the king is coming and I want to be standing for what he taught me. Oh, Nathan, nobody is worried about the oneness of God anymore. Nobody is concerned about that. Well, my king is coming and he said, 
Hero Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And so I'm gonna, I'm just gonna keep standing. Oh, Nathan, nobody, nobody cares how you baptize people anymore. That's, that's no longer relevant. Just whatever you think is best. Well, well, my king is coming and he said to repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Well, nobody cares about how people get the Holy Ghost anymore, Nathan. You're, you're kind of old school with that. Well, I I see what you're saying, but but my king is coming and he's given me this word. He's given me this instruction and so... Because I know he's about to walk into the room, I'll be standing. There was a man who walked into our church a couple years ago, and I was preaching about the coming of the Lord. And I remember he came in with his friends, and uh, they looked uh, like a tough bunch. They looked like they'd been through a lot. And his two friends didn't really seem interested in what the sermon had to say, but but Leonard was different. He was hungry, and when his two friends walked out after altar call, he waited until the last song was sung. And I'll never forget, he came up to me and he said, Preacher, is it too late for me to come to the altar even though church is over? I looked at him and I said, Of course not. It's never too late to come to the altar. It's never too late. Right then and there, while everybody else was on their way to Zaxby's, Leonard was hungry for the Holy Ghost. Leonard lifted his hands and began to speak with new tongues, and God filled him with his spirit right then in an altar, because it's not too late. Guys, I'm so thankful to have had this time to spend with you today, and I hope that... uh, I hope that this challenges you and convicts you and brings you to a place where you're going to take a stand. Taking a stand is not always easy. It's not always comfortable. But like Samuel said, we will not sit down until he gets here. That's what I hear the Lord speaking to the church. Keep standing. Don't sit down on what you know is true. Keep standing for holiness. Keep standing for righteousness. Keep standing for separation from the world. And only those that are standing will see the King revealed to them when He comes. Let's pray together, shall we? Lord, in Jesus' name, Lord, I pray for all those that are listening to the podcast today. Lord, I thank you for the opportunity to be in your presence. Lord, I thank you for the fact that when I call your name, that you hear me and you respond. Lord, we love you. We worship you today. I pray you touch all the listeners. Bring us to a place of conviction. Bring us to a stand for separation because we know that you're coming. In Jesus' name, amen. Guys, I love you so much. Thank you for tuning into the podcast. It always means the world. And uh, I feel privileged to get to spend time with you every week, to get to be a part of your weekly routine. And uh, be sure to leave a rating and review. I'd love to hear from you, and I'll be sure to respond to you. We love you guys so much, excited about the future. And remember, Jesus is coming. Let's get ready. See you guys next week. God bless.